0: welcome to a new episode of the mbse podcast today we have a topic i was waiting for a long time personally because it's also my heritage um how i came to systems engineering and um yeah today we have the topic of mbse and plm and we have a very special guest and i would say an old friend at least from tim (laughs) but also i met Eric Herzog from Sub Aeronautics uh, once, at least once, maybe two times. And yes, I'm very happy to have him here on the show. And yeah, if you are not a subscriber on this channel, consider subscribing to the channel on YouTube, on Spotify, on all the sources where you can hear and uh, see us and we would be happy to inform you if there is another episode. But now, Eric, please introduce yourself. So, uh, as Christian said, I'm working for
1: Saab Aeronautics, uh, and my role is that of a technical fellow in, in systems engineering, and in, in particular, I am working with our process and methodology development, and lately, very much again with the with the area of integrating model-based development approach with a PLM backbone. Um, I'm also a president of the Swedish INCOSI chapter uh, and have quite a long background in, in systems
2: engineering. All right, so well, also welcome from my side, Eric. Great to have you Thanks. here at the show. Um, yeah, so you have a long history in systems engineering. So why is it such an interesting field for you?
1: actually I I, I stumbled into it uh, when I was a PhD student you know you 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 get employed and somebody tells you we have this project we don't really know what it is Uh, something about systems engineering and and from that project starting in 96 I got involved in uh, product data management and uh, the AP233 data exchange standard within the STEP framework wasn't the most successful standard but I got hooked on on systems engineering and I think the the main reason is that the the ability of dreaming up an architecture a solution and and seeing an organization step by step making that architecture into something real and with all the stumbles the headaches the the setbacks and the triumphs, until towards the end you, you see the end product. I, I think it's so fascinating and, and so interesting.
2: Yeah. I think I, re- I met you the first time 2005 or so um, in, in Hamburg for an ENCOSI or German local chapter event of cozy uh, about SysML, and you were one of the raviers of the SysML LV1 during that time, is that correct?
1: Yes, but not, I was never a very serious uh, contributor to SysML. It was, uh, I was on the outside, I did very little uh, and, and to be absolutely honest, I think what you've done in SysML v2 now is just a tremendous step forward. So um, um, we met, yes, but no, I didn't contribute much.
0: <laughs> but speaking of SysML 2, um what are the most important trends in systems engineering from your point of view? Well, from my point of view, we can see models they
1: in in the past we we've used them as islands and we've had our system models, our mechanical models, the analysis models and uh, uh, the design models in Modelica and, and, and Simulink, but they have only been islands, and and now we're seeing those islands growing together. Uh, we're seeing uh, uh, in-process traceability on all for all types of system elements. It, it's becoming enabled. We can see the change management becoming integrated. So. If in the past, modeling in and systems have been uh, separate activities, it, it's now becoming integrated and I, I think we we really have to start thinking how do we put all those models together to create a coherent view of the system that we are developing or in the end, the system that we have developed and which is maintained. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, the, the first time I had, well, I'm, I'm more used to, to systems engineering and, and MBSE, uh, so that's my my topic, my world. And the first time I had come into contact with PLM was at a PLM conference, um, which was about systems engineering. So this was the, one of the main topics of this PLM conference, and so they invited me to talk about, well, I guess about system ed or so. Um, that was quite interesting for me because I, they, they had the same... Similar issues than, than we in, in MBSE, but it seems to be a complete separate world. <laughs> and this uh, was quite innovative during that time. That uh, that conference, they they start talking about um, systems engineering. I think at system engineering conferences, there are not so many talks about PLM. So it's it's time to, to merge these disciplines, right? So what what is PLM? <laughs> and,
1: yes, and why are they so separated? Uh, yes. <laughs> But but I, I think, for me, uh, PLM is about managing the product data over the life of the system. And product data could be requirements, the architecture description, the designs, uh, and of course the, the product structures, bill of materials. Uh, also capturing the verification and validation information, how well do we fulfill the requirements, And and most of all, in in the aerospace industry, we need to declare conformance with requirements and design. So we we know exactly what we are flying. And and the other thing also is that keeping track of the changes, the evolution of the system. So, Mm -hmm. and, and you can go on forever, the management of suppliers. And ultimately, in the end, you need to keep track of the individuals at least in our business that we produce what was the actual configuration and we will ship that to our end users and they, they will update the individual configurations over the life of the operational life of the system of of the product. And the product could be a grip and fighter or or an airborne early warning system. So so it's extremely important that we keep track of the configurations.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, but, the the statements you mentioned sounds a bit bit like well they are directly taken from the Encoli handbook or so but now you talk about PLM so it seems to be almost the same or <laughs> the same yes
1: difference. and uh, <laughs> same but from a different perspective traditionally yeah. Um, yeah. and and if if we look at legacy PLM systems you you have this uh, typically you you keep track of structures and you 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 manage documents mm-hmm. uh, and you can sign them off and approve them and freeze them. You can create baselines and and all the structured changes and, and it, it's really boring. I mean, who would like to work with that? Uh, no, no, of course not because we really have to do it. Um, but if we start thinking about managing the models exactly as they are, as as fine granularity information elements and keeping track of them how they evolve then suddenly systems engineering and PLM becomes one Mm -hmm. and the, the question is really is it the systems engineering development environments are they becoming PLM systems or are the PLM systems are they becoming systems engineering environments and I think we can see both trends on the market.
0: Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and from my point of view, I would add that PLM does nearly the same transition, like uh, like systems engineering, who was coming from a document-based, uh, document-centric approach to a model-based approach. And uh, it's it's exactly the same for. Uh, yeah, for PLM. Yeah. We mean the shift
2: from managing documents to managing models, no? Huh? Exactly.
0: Well, okay.
1: mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think each community is coming with their their heritage, so, so the mm. solutions are a little bit uh, different, and they are t- they are con- currently aligning themselves. But but as when when I go to. Uh, PLM conferences they have a view on systems engineering which is pre- predominantly requirements and verification focused mm.
0: um,
1: but I, I see a shift there as well it, it's becoming more fully fledged uh, systems and engineering oriented but still there are there are differences in flavor yeah,
0: yeah, yeah absolutely yeah um, so we we already had this question or uh, in 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 the last five minutes Um, but um, a trend on the market that i see is that uh, the bigger plm vendors uh, bought the single sysml applications for example and it was a similar thing with all the simulation stuff uh, which gets uh, bought by one by one from one or the other PLM vendor. And does it make sense for you to combine those tools? And and maybe we we first have to distinguish between the the concept of PLM and the PLM systems, uh, which are real software, but they are different depending on when they were first invented. So we have also different trends there. how how do you see uh, these these uh, more monolithic tool environments we are getting right now so from my perspective
1: I, you can really see the the major tool vendors in the plm market they are really acting as vacuum cleaners they are just uh taking every dust particle or not every but very many dust particles too they buy them and they then they slowly integrate them into their own uh, environments so they are becoming larger and larger and more and more monolithic Um, and um, it's a very appealing prospect uh, for us to just select one and say this is our plm environment we will do everything in it but then we, we really have to consider what is our market? What, what are we doing? And in cyber aeronautics, we are doing the grip and fighter. It, it's predominant, pre- predominantly a Swedish program, but we also have a very strong Brazilian participation. So there we have an international collaboration and we, we have to adjust to the best practice which we can achieve in in that context. Then uh, the Global Eye uh, Airborne Early Warning System is something we build on our own. Uh, But for the T7 trainer, uh, we are a partner subcontractor to Boeing. So each of these programs, which are ongoing, uh, they have completely different uh, uh, business situations so we would like to end up in a situation where we can pick and choose so Mm -hmm. we can pick the best engineering Mm -hmm. discipline oriented development environment there is on the market and combine them for instance the best systems engineering environment the best mechanical engineering environment the best software engineering environment at a particular point in time and integrate them and then create the best possible environment for a particular product
2: Uh a few years later
1: the situation may have changed the partnership may have changed so we if we are put in the same situation our selections might be completely different but we would much much rather see a, a federated PLM capability compared to a monolithic one or one where we have a very strong backbone that really mm-hmm. manages all, all the information or orchestrates all the information.
2: In the, in the SysML world, the, well, the the interchange of SysML models between tools is it's a big topic. Uh, all the discussions about the interchange formats like SMI and so forth. Um, how can I inter-exchange PLM information or how can I get the SysML information or model stuff into the PLM tools? Or is this, are there any standards?
1: So if you are outside the uh, the software world, there are very well-established standards. Oh, so outside the systems world, mm-hmm. there are well-established standards. So for requirements, you can use um, an application protocol within STEP called AP239. It's very capable in exchanging requirements. You can, of course, also use REC-IF. Um, But uh, you can also consider to create integration if you have a requirements management tool with embedded uh, version management and configuration management capability then you can actually link from data fragments within that environment to another tool for instance using the OSLC standard Mm-hmm. So there are really two, two alternatives. You can exchange information. There are good exchange formats for everything except the models. Or you can link, which yeah. you, I think you can always do using the OSLC.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think therefore we will link uh, the episode with Axel Reichwein. Uh, we had some months ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can find it, uh, I think, here. Um, If we do not forget to link this episode.
1: Yeah. Of course, as listeners, you should listen to Axel because he has all the right, all the right, right
0: visions. Yeah, Axel was was co-organizer of the OSLC Fest recently. And I saw, Eric, you were also part, uh, and, and also Tim was a speaker. Um, Was this topic also related somehow to this here, MPC and PLM?
1: Yes, very much so. Um, But we we took kind of a broader uh, uh, view in that presentation and looking at the overall uh, PLM capability. Because yes, we have our systems engineering models, we have the architecture models, the different design models, Uh, They need to be linked properly. We need to be able to baseline them together. And then from the design models, we will create um, executable models, which we can simulate on their own or integrated them with other simulation models to uh, simulate an aggregate. And um, so, so it's really about attaining that vision Uh, also having the opportunity to uh, co-simulate, or no, no, to build simulation models, to simulate more and more complex system, or realized systems. Mm -hmm. So that was Mm -hmm. also part of the the OSLC Fest presentation.
2: Yeah, great. Yeah, my, my talk was a little bit out of, a little bit more out of scope. It was not about OSLC. I must admit, I'm not an OSLC expert, so I learned a lot at the test, um, but uh, I talked of course about v 2 um, so the current status and so forth, which uh, brings me to the next question. So in, in v 2 for example, the, um, the versioning of elements is already a built-in um, and it's not part of v one but well, some tools can also provide that for v one but that's also a task for PLM tools, so uh, to provide versioning and baselining. So, Now how does this fit together if I have my system v2 model with versioning and then there's PLM tool, um, so who's responsible for the versioning? (laughs) And do I still need PLM tools? What's what's the relationship there?
1: So from our perspective, when we're looking into federation, we could see the system v2 tool coupled perhaps with a uh, requirements management capability and the verification capability and of course issue management. If you have all of those in an integrated package, you, you essentially have a uh, the basis for a systems engineering PLM capability. And then if you use that as a standalone and integrate it with your mechanical engineering capability, which essentially has all the same capabilities, except that mechanical design is a lot different compared to to system design. Then you can Mm -hmm. have these standalone environments, but you can still integrate them using a few integration points. And especially if these are standardized, it, it would be quite feasible to create something which is close to a plug-and-play uh, integration.
0: Mm, yeah, my, so, my hopes are really on the SysML v2 API and service specification, which might help us tremendously.
1: Which, by the way, is also OSLC friendly.
0: Yes, there will be an OSLC binding, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I think this is a, a very
1: encouraging um, development and I also think that's again why we should look forward so very much to SysML v2 because it's it puts a lot more meat into the SysML yeah. uh, uh, proposition so it, it's it's a real game changer maybe not from the front-end side but from a cap- an industrial capability side I'm really, really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, one thing that I'm wondering um, in all these SysML v1 server-side managing systems, but also a little bit in the in the field of SysML v2 API, is that many tools can provide versioning. They can provide some basic rights, rights and roles stuff, uh, who has read access, who has write mm-hmm. access to which package or whatever but I don't see some kind of uh, release management yet, which is a uh, basic capability of any PLM system and, uh, and and all the other maturity management capabilities PLM systems have. So um, for instance, um, we will get some kind of release uh, with SysML v2 with the API. So you are able to create a tag, it's very, like yeah. yep. you can t- create a tag which is some kind of release yeah. but um, there is no 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 lifecycle state where I can say um, please don't use this version anymore because there is uh, a tremendous error in it yeah you always have to look up uh, by yourself is there a new version of this library that I'm using um, on the other hand it's also not a, a a feasible solution to say I always use latest greatest, yeah. and that is that is the big difference. Where I say PLM systems with a federated uh, SysML uh, or whatever uh, system architecture language tool, uh, it's it's still yeah a coexistence possible. Yeah. Yes, and, and the, you're absolutely right, because uh,
1: PLM, especially when it comes to life cycles and depreciation, it's very mature, we, we know how to do it. And it would be, I, I think, a little bit too much to expect that these capabilities are included as in, in the first release of SysML v2, because it's such a big step in itself. But it's, um, it's a logical next step to take, to really introduce the capabilities to to say that we are putting this thing in the next step of the life cycle. But we're also seeing already today, the capabilities to uh, to build a product structure, to, to baseline uh, shallow and also to baseline deep Uh, across the product structure in 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 systems engineering tools so they are definitely going there Uh, it's just that we we see the strengths in in the PLM side where, where PLM has a very strong heritage but but SysML and and systems engineering have a strong heritage more on the modeling side and 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 it's from my perspective the Uh, the two areas are really converging and
2: then converging fast. It's very often mixed up. uh, I listen carefully to what you said. So you always mention PLM capability, but if people talk about PLM, they talk very often about PLM tools. So they have uh, the the tool view and not the capability view, which is quite different. Uh, Absolutely. And and in a perfect world, let's forget how it's now, the, the, all the PRM and signal tools, forget them. In a perfect world, it's if you could decide, uh, would it be good to have a single tool that can handle both? So the, the systems modeling capability, uh, system L, uh, or any other language, plus the Pm capability, or is it better to separate them? I, I mean,
1: if... It... In my world, PLM has a mechanical engineering heritage or electrical engineering heritage. So, if you look at any capable PLM system today, they would typically have, of course, the, the, the data backbone, the ability to keep track of information as it matures and evolves over time, but also the front-end editors. So, you, you could have the ability to uh, manipulate 3D do- drawings um, and it, it's kind of integrated uh, in, in a PLM system today as I see it or in a mechanical PLM system so if we say that that's the capability for mechanical PLM then if I have the, the data backbone and the systems engineering front-end integrated that could create a a systems engineering PLM capability and if I have a heterogeneous product consisting of hardware software electronics I if I just could integrate those environments in a consistent way I should be able to please my systems engineers by saying dear systems engineers I've given you an integrated capability, you have your requirements management capability, you have your v 2 the ver- verification and validation and so on and I could tell the mechanical engineers oh you have your me- mechanical engineering requirements capability and of course you, your mechanical design and architecture capability and of course also the, the verification and validation from a mechanical perspective and if I could give them that in an integrated package they should be happy the mm-hmm. only thing i need to do is to connect the mechanical world and the effectivities and and validities of the mechanical world with the validities and effectivities of, of the systems engineering world and that in, in my world view I, I would do that via product structures Of course, I also need to maintain uh, requirement traceability. I need to maintain issue traceability. So if I need to implement a change, which is initiated from the system side, I should be able to follow on and see what are the change items on the mechanical side. Or if I find a a bug uh, or a problem in the mechanical realm, Uh, I should be able to link that to change item uh, in the system side Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then of course I need to keep track of what has actually been realized the individual configurations but from my perspective there are not so many integration points between engineering disciplines within engineering disciplines there are many but not so much
0: between Mm -hmm. And I, I I totally agree, and I think this is one of the most, uh, yeah, of the, of the biggest problems we have. That when people are thinking of PLM, they are thinking of bombs and cat documents management, and because this is so prominent in in uh, in, in the PLM world, or in the connected to the to the concept or. To the tools of PLM, um, yeah, people really have a, a mental problem to say, um, yeah, we link also other disciplines to it, and it's it's very funny to see on if you are looking on the market, uh, it's always basic capability to say, okay, we can directly manage uh, mechanical CAD. So if you are want to also manage electric electronic CAD or, e- or EDA systems, it's totally clear that this is somehow federated or this is uh, a little bit of different uh, kind of integration and the same for software. Yeah. You know, it's it's still uh, not a standard how to integrate software parts into your mm-hmm. mechatronical bomb. And uh, I see that there are a, a couple of uh, PLM vendors um, who are on a way to yeah, to follow a new pattern which they call system lifecycle management, and uh, I think this is the it's maybe it's, it there is a need for a new term uh, to maybe PLM is too negative, too mechanical in in many <laughs> in many eyes. Uh, yeah,
1: I I would rather keep PLM.
0: I I, I like it. It, it, it. We are.
1: We're building systems. We're building products, and we need to manage them over the life cycle. But uh,
2: um, ALM is, is ALM then the PLM for software?
1: Yes, very much so. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, again, from an organizational perspective, I, I would be very cautious to uh, say that I. I really buy, I buy everything from a single supplier. Because this is such a big investment that I, I mean, Saab Aeronautics, it, it's a very small organization. We're just about five, 6,000 five, 6, people. And the PLM vendors, the big ones, are a lot bigger than we are. So if we invest all our eggs in a single system, the only thing we know is that they own us, and that might not might not be in our best interest, because we we want to be uh, infidel. We we want to, if something better comes up in a particular engineering discipline, we would like to have the ability hmm. to switch and switch very quickly. Because what, what what makes us ourselves unique is the the fact that we are flexible. If you take the big dragons, the ones that are always the OEMs, they can have different strategies. Mm. But for us, somewhere in the middle, and, and and we are the smallest aerospace company in the world, of the major ones, I should say. Um, We really need to be one step ahead all the time. And just going from a single supplier or for a single supplier, we we will lose that advantage. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, coming back to what we said at the beginning um, the the transition from um, document based model based which is important in the assistance engineering world and um, also in the PLM world um, so well to summarize is what what we discussed what do you think is now the um, uh, you know, the the way for the for the future maybe is it mentioned in the IncoSi Vision 2035? Is there a PLM, that topic? I don't remember it, actually. Um,
1: Neither do I. Uh, even though I, we have a meeting at work tomorrow, I will hand out the vision, but I, I haven't read every page of it, so yeah, I'm a little bit ashamed. Um, from I mean, very much what we have done in our recent products, it's model-based. I mean, the, the software or parts of the software is model-based. We are doing architecting using SysML, we are doing lots of simulink, lots of Modelica, and of course everything mechanical is, is model based. But except for the mechanical world, we we really manage the models as documents, not as individual model elements. So if I if I take two versions of of a design in Modelica, for instance, I, it, it's quite difficult to see what has changed. Normally, it, it's just one or two objects or a few parameters. But what we can do is we can say, oh, this is one version of the file, and then it's the next one. So the ability to integrate and see, these are the exact, exact changes. This is, who, who did it? When did it happen? And what are the consequences for the traceability to other elements? It's really an enormous impact. So so this is really what we are looking forward to, the ability to really integrate stuff and, and to provide the full picture and the ability of having the engineers, the project managers and the configuration managers or looking at the same integrated data set
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I'm, I'm so sick and tired of people reporting on a PowerPoint. This is the mm-hmm. status because by the time they report, the, t- the status has
0: changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but another question for you so um, you mentioned the configuration managers and uh, the basically the gran granul, gra, granularity granularity mm-hmm. um, of data and um, I had interesting discussions in the past um, because I I'm really in favor to manage SysML models on an element level and uh, there were dozens of people who told me, oh, this is too fine granular, you can't uh, manage this, uh, manage it on a package level. Where I say, I don't believe that this kind of traceability is enough. So what what, what is your opinion on this?
1: I I think you are absolutely right. But we also have to make the distinction between on which level we keep track of evolution and which Mm -hmm. are our configuration items. So, uh, I mean, it's, we, we'd really need to keep track of the evolution, what, what has changed. And um, so we can also do diffs and merge and, uh, and, and so on. But the configuration management could be performed at, at a uh, system node level. So, for instance, the, the fuel subsystem or the fuel equipment. But still, we have to have the very detailed models and to see the traceability between elements, traceability between requirements and design, requirements and architecture, and of course also requirements and and verification, and also keep track of the changes.
2: So you you are absolutely right. The changes of a package is, uh, but it's just I remove files or I remove elements or I add elements to it, that's the changes of a package, but I'm, interested in the changes of the elements itself, no? like um, I, I changed uh, a state machine or whatever in, yeah. in the model, but that's not part of the change set of a package. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and, and a
0: very good example is what, what you basically mentioned right now, uh, the traceability to say a requirement changed, something in this package, you can look it up in, in your in your special tool that's that's not what we need that's not what we want what we want
1: no No, because then engineers still have to play Sherlock Holmes yeah exactly Mm
2: -hmm. okay so well we we talked already a lot about PLM now something completely different Ah, um, you are also co-organizer of the Nordic systems engineering tour Um, and uh, I can answer the question myself because I'm also the co-organizer but uh, yes (laughs) I mean who who shall
1: talk now Tim
2: (laughs) you are the guest so can you tell us more about it and what are the plans for next year
1: so so next year we are planning for two tours again uh, two three days tours so it's the opportunity for you anyone who's interested in presenting something on systems engineering or related Make it PLM. I, I will certainly be in the audience. Um, over three days, in three cities, in three countries, for three audiences. So it's really an opportunity to present one of the one of your favorite topics and to travel to different locations and and meet different audiences. Um, it's it's extremely Takes a lot of energy, but you also give a lot of energy. And next year we have a spring tour. Um, um, Tim, you have to help me with the dates.
2: Yes, end of May, twenty-two to twenty-four. It's, I think it's Monday to Wednesday, but I'm not sure. But it's twenty-two. Yeah, to 24. I think I think
1: you are right. Um, so that that would be from Helsinki to over Stockholm to Oslo, and mm. then we have an autumn tour. Uh, from Linköping to Copenhagen to Hamburg in
2: uh, yeah. in, oh, September. Still, uh, in September. Yes, yeah. 22-22. Yeah, 20 and yeah. I think that's Wednesday to Friday.
1: And, and the presentation format is based on just a title and an abstract. But I know and I hope a lot of you listening are preparing your papers for uh, next year's INCOSI events. And of course, we invite you very much to present also at the OSLC Fest. It's an opportunity to reach out to the people who are not normally going to to the larger Encosi events. So we're really providing a service for them, which is
0: very much appreciated. Yeah, and I have to say, I already had the honor to be one one speaker in the I don't know it, if it was the autumn tour, but it was the tour Shopping, Copenhagen, Hamburg uh, in this year. And uh, yeah, it was was really fun. And I had more or less a PLM topic uh, back then. Uh, it was why model management matters. It does. Yeah, and uh, it sounds promising. I, I still think about tending in a paper at the Incosi uh, symposium and uh, oh. deadline uh, december the 14th so uh, mm-hmm. we have to sharpen our pens yeah and i heard uh, we heard from ralf Hartmann uh that uh the uh the deadline will not be extended this time
2: <laughs>
0: oh, <fair. laughs> i'm afraid he's
1: right <laughs> so i mean it's um we are becoming a, or uh, we are getting a President of Inkose, which is of Northern European origin. So you don't move deadlines. You
0: just deliver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. I think we should close the session uh, with that.
2: And um, this time we already know the next topic. Huh?
0: Yes, uh, yes. That's last true. time
2: we were not so planned. <laughs> But this time we we already know it. Um, And we will talk with Daniel Siegel. Uh, He was already on the show uh, a year ago or so. uh, And we talked about um, a tool, Lemon Tree. And this time it's uh, not about a tool, it's uh, in general about all the system uh, interchange options. Um, uh, Very hot topic, sometimes very emotional. Um, So, well, maybe we will also talk about OSSE during that time again a bit. And it's uh, next month, December the 13th, Um, so join us if you like to see it live uh, or we can also listen to it afterwards. And
1: Tim, since it's on December the 13th and you have a Swedish connection, you know that mm -hmm. this is the Lucia day. Oh, so, I think the task for you is to sing a few lucia songs uh oh for the introduction
2: <laughs> and a candle, a
1: uh-huh. a candle yes uh and um well uh look it up um and you find uh that swed Swedish
0: people are really strange <laughs> okay, good to know what uh, what oh, okay. to expect from tim
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, but we will see. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ah, I heard a promise.
2: (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Okay, so let's close as usual so that we do not forget.
0: Trust us, we are systems engineers.
2: Okay, thank you.
0: (laughs) Goodbye, thank you, Eric.
2: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.